Welcome back to the Rachel Does Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, professional helper, advocate for self-love, and fellow human being. During this conversation, Haley Taylor, licensed associate professional counselor and good friend, and I explored the differences between dissociation and healthy detachment. Haley has worked with a variety of clients and settings from a psychiatric inpatient hospital, an intensive outpatient facility, and private practice working with both adults and teenagers. Kaylee currently works in private practice using trauma-informed therapies to help serve teens, adults, and couples. When she's not working with clients, Kaylee enjoys exploring spiritual practices, spending time with her husband and two dogs, and partnering with a natural and non-toxic hair care brand. Before we get into this conversation, a quick disclaimer. The Rachel Does Therapy podcast is hosted by Rachel Alerte, licensed marriage and family therapist. While the podcast may be therapeutic in nature, it is not a substitute for therapy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you could be here. So I know that we've talked a lot about dissociation and even like trauma bonding with work. But for people who don't know anything about dissociation, I thought it could be helpful to first tell them a little bit about what that is. Um, do you want to share kind of like your definition or you want me to get one? Um, I, I can share, I guess, mine. You can add anything if I miss anything. Um, so I think most people with like dissociation, they're uh, normally they think of like an out of body experience, which, you know, in my experience, it can be that way. Um, some people like will say they feel like they're in another body or they just don't feel connected to their body. The way I kind of like to describe it is that the mind-body connection has been disconnected. Um, so everything's not in alignment anymore. Um, and it's usually a trauma response, um, as most of us know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I like to describe it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think that disconnection piece is huge because a lot of people can sometimes confuse um, just kind of uh, mentally like spacing out sometimes as dissociation, which they can be similar at times, but it's more about just completely disconnecting from like your sense of reality, maybe even like emotions that you're feeling. And like you mentioned, the trauma response piece, like basically kind of shutting down to give your body time to figure out like how to help you survive in that situation so um so the title of this episode is called be still and breathe and I thought it was fitting in talking about dissociation because you're essentially doing the opposite of that right we're really not breathing we're just kind of going into like an uh automatic like survival response to try to deal with things so I thought um since we've talked about this a lot that you could kind of share because you've had some interesting work experiences before we even worked together um how you kind of like when did you notice um that you were kind of dissociating or if you did like did you call it something different and how has how did it kind of help you in those moments yeah um so as far as the interesting work 
experiences. Um, when I first started in the field, I worked in um, inpatient facilities, and I was working with like, um, like intense like psychosis. Um, so I saw a lot of interesting things, and you know, as a new baby therapist, sometimes those experiences can be traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of things happen in inpatient. Um, because, you know, you're trying to stabilize people that are coming out of a crisis. So um, there's a lot going on um, that can happen in those environments. And so um, I think I didn't, I like, because you asked, like, if I was aware that I was dissociating and mm-hmm. no. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of, it's something I put together, like, much later mm-hmm. um, when I was in a totally at a different job because mm-hmm. um, I noticed it was happening there. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when I started to connect the dots and like, oh, that's what this is. Um, mm-hmm. But how I kind of started to figure out that something was going on that was different with me was like, you know, after I had been in, inpatient for about like a year-ish, I would say, because I, I was there for like long time, like two and a half years, which is a really long time for someone to be in um, inpatient. Most people, it's, I think the average is like six months and then people burn out yeah, and go do like, other things. That sounds about right. Um, so while I was working there, all my coworkers would always be like, you're so calm. You're so calm. Like, mm-hmm. and they would just be like, totally like, to the point where they're like totally taken mm-hmm. aback that I'm just so calm, mm-hmm. like in that setting. Which I, I was just kind of like, I mean, yeah, like, no one else is calm, so yeah. someone can be calm. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I um, chalked it up to be. Um, but later when I figured it out, I, I like to call it, like, I don't think of it as dissociation, even though, like, I see where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought of it as just kind of, like, detachment. So, mm-hmm. um like, for example, like, just detachment from, like, the emotional self, mm-hmm. um, because that's not a, that's what it is. I mm-hmm. was still aware of my experience. I just wasn't connected yeah. and, therefore, not having any re- emotional responses mm-hmm. to things that were going on because it's mm-hmm. so overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which in that environment, like, you know, your environment's overwhelming, mm-hmm. the people you're around are overwhelmed. It's a lot of different emotions and things that you pick up on yeah um so detaching yourself emotionally made sense yes yeah I actually think we should talk about that a little bit further too because I think you can have like a healthy form or sense of like detachment from things because I think about like in relationships or situations like sometimes as you mentioned you do have to detach to kind of protect yourself and I imagine that where it starts to become dissociation is any time that you kind of connect back to like that sense of self, your body like thinks it's in danger again. And so it's like a constant like detaching from everything. Yes. No. And I think, you know, in this instance, I mean, usually when we talk about dissociation or like this detachment that we're referring to, Um, It's a lot of times we talk about it with clients as like an unhealthy coping skill, but Mm -hmm. I feel like for me in this setting, it it, it was healthy. Mm -hmm. Like it helps me do my job better because Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, 
getting aroused by other people being in crisis or mm-hmm. these chaotic situations that are unfolding or like mm-hmm. fights are breaking out mm-hmm. or there's codes mm-hmm. being called things like that so mm-hmm. you know you're able to just kind of think rationally and logically mm-hmm. do the next thing and mm-hmm. just kind of get through the day mm-hmm. um and so and I think it, that's helpful because like I'm an empath, a super feeler, so I normally feel a lot and pick up on a lot of different feelings from my own feelings and also the others around me. So um, that's where I think it was helpful. But I think where it becomes unhelpful is um, I realized I had to be very intentional about, like, reintegrating myself like before I could return to like my non you know work life otherwise it's just kind of like you're like a little zombie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because even when you were mentioning your coworkers pointing out you're so calm I mean even I'm guilty of, of, of having done that being like how are you so calm like just not reacting to what's happening and I definitely can think back into like some situations where that we experienced while working together where you really just had like there was not another option but to be non-reactionary until like the dust kind of settled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think something that I'm still like continuing to learn myself is after I've detached, like how do I come back to myself and like can still, um, I don't know, kind of still, like, access, like, my own self-compassion so that I'm not just, you know, like, yo-yoing back and forth between detachment. So, but also, calmness really is her superpower because this, this, this girl will be calm, like, during just about anything. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so tell me about what are what practices have you been doing now to kind of help manage um, the times where you detach and need to come back to yourself? Like, how do you kind of give back to yourself? Um, So, like, I guess the way I kind of do that is, um, well, it kind of started from my inpatient job. So, Mm -hmm. um, and again, this was before I fully understood what was going on, but I you know, I started this practice just because, like, in supervision, they were like, you know, you need to learn how to separate, like, yourself from everything mm-hmm. you're experiencing during the day because, like, you don't want to take your work home with you. Right. Um, so I started this ritual where I, it's once, as soon as I got left the hospital and I got in my car, I would mm-hmm. take off my, like, name, work badge with, like, mm-hmm. my keys and all of that mm-hmm. and uh, take it off in my car and, like, set it in a specific place in my car and so Mm -hmm. I was very mindful of that action of taking off my badge and placing it and I would tell myself like you know I'm not the therapist anymore you know I'm just Kaylee um you know and I would do that before I even you know turn my car on to go home Mm -hmm. um so I just kind of made that kind of like the off button Mm -hmm. per se um, so, um, but it's, you know, as time has gotten on and this detachment has been a more common thing, mm-hmm. sometimes it's harder to get out of. So I've had to elaborate on that practice a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also use, I think a lot like a 
visualization kind of um, and just kind of grounding mm-hmm. in general to do that. So, uh, and mindfulness, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I just kind of, um, it's funny because like I didn't like intentionally pick this. It's just kind of like what came in my brain when I thought of that kind of reintegrating myself. And so what I kind of visualize is I'm kind of, there sitting in a you know like a dark open space it might be like space I don't know Mm -hmm. but I'm just sitting there and then like I see off in the distance is like another floating like ghost like shadowy not Mm -hmm. like dark shadow it's like a white light but like I guess ghost version of myself so I always associate that with that's my you know emotional self that I've detached from Okay. And so, and that version of myself or part of myself is tethered to me, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, floating off in the distance. So I always, it's kind of like I have to look around and find it and then I'm like, oh, okay, it's there. And, you know, and we're connected, but I need to, that right in the beginning, that connection is very far apart. So I have to bring it mm-hmm. closer and it's like a slow kind of process of slowly it integrates together so while I kind of visualize that and I don't visualize the entire process you could like I guess as a grounding exercise mm-hmm. I just kind of find myself I'm like okay where's the tethers there um so the, you know the connection can come back and then that's when I kind of really focus on just like grounding myself and um just really intentionally trying to like put all parts back together It definitely makes sense. Um, I like the idea of using visualization to help ground yourself, especially with the imagery of your kind of like... Floating self. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to start. Like your floating self and like kind of giving yourself time to like reconnect um, together versus like trying to rush yourself and like um, turning on, like turning your what's that like non-therapist self kind of like back on like allowing it to kind of take the forefront um because I think in talking with like other therapists and also like talking with clients and then people who've never been to therapy I definitely see like there there is a misconception about like therapists just kind of like always you know, like therapizing everything and like always kind of being on. And so to hear you say like, no, actually like my personal self is just kind of this floating self right here. And then when I'm ready to kind of let go um, or release like the therapist part, I give myself time to do that before Mm -hmm. like engaging with, you know, whoever I need to be engaged with for that day. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that's huge. Um, When it comes to, work and like work now how would you say um you balance like some of the times where you want to kind of detach the way that you used to um well I think you know now it's a little easier because you know private practice is a lot different than inpatient so um it's just much calmer in general Mm -hmm. um so I found sometimes I don't, I don't feel that 
need to completely detach from mm-hmm. myself. So I guess you could say the tether is not as long. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, I don't, I still do kind of detach myself in a way because I don't want to um, become emotionally overwhelmed. If like I'm talking to clients about something mm-hmm. really sad or serious or mm-hmm. um, impactful. So um, the separation is much shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easier to kind of reconnect, but, um, you know, sometimes it's hard. I think the main part is, um, like, I guess the best way I can explain it with the dissociation in general is, you know, you have to be intentional about grounding yourself and starting that integration process because mm-hmm. I guess like you, maybe you would think like, oh, it'll eventually like, you'll just come back. No, you won't. Like, that's what I've noticed. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, if I don't intentionally reintegrate myself with my regular emotional self, we're going to continue to be separate. Mm -hmm. And yeah, eventually I've had times where it does come back, but it's very like overwhelming Mm -hmm. because there's all this emotion that hasn't been processed or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, Okay. Um, there was another thought that I had, and I, my mind just kind of wandered for a second. So hopefully it'll come back. Um, nope, it's gone. Okay. So something else that I wanted us to kind of talk about are like just other self care practices that other people can do. I like the imagery that you use in kind of imagining like the floating self like out in space. Are there any other like tips or examples that you would suggest to someone who maybe um it doesn't necessarily like have to be a client, but maybe someone else who kind of needs to learn how to kind of compartmentalize like okay, work is work and home is home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, um, grounding and visualization especially can be like a very helpful tool for that because there's mm-hmm. other ways you can use visualization to kind of create this sense of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I've had people and I've even done this myself where you visualize kind of like a shield between mm-hmm. you and like the client or like before you go into work, like, you know, I'm in my little protective Mm -hmm. shield bubble thing so Mm -hmm. you know because I have this out Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to be as impacted or overwhelmed Mm -hmm. or I won't get as stressed when um things go wrong or things come up or you know you get that phone call from this person you (laughs) didn't want to talk to today (laughs) um you know or like you know there's a crisis in your not able to take a break or stuff like that. So um, that's always a tool. I also like to use um, visualization with just like the grounding process of just like sitting there and just really like, I guess it's more like a sensory visualization. So not really necessarily visualizing, but like feeling like Mm -hmm. kind of like let's plant ourselves here in this Mm -hmm. present moment and kind of, group and integrate and just you know taking an intentional pause to allow everything to come back Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of times I've noticed that I get caught off guard because like like you or my other coworkers will be like how are you doing today and I'm like 
Um, pause for a moment. Right. Let me uh, collect myself. Right. Bring everybody back together. Yeah. Um, because I, I literally, when I get asked the question on the spot, I'm like, I don't know. Because, yeah. you know, she over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it takes a minute, but I pause and then I'm like, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're doing good. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, interrupting some of that automatic, like, conditioning that we have where someone asks, how are you? And you say, I'm good or I'm fine, mm-hmm. but you're really maybe not. Um, or it's just kind of like your go-to thing so that you don't have to, like, delve any further. And it can be hard, too, when you have... Um, like back-to-back sessions and you know a client or even a coworker is like you know how you doing like you good and you just kind of like, answer is the most authentic but also will not draw further questions because i have to like handle all these other things you know so. yeah no definitely um so i think it's a lot of um, utilizing mindfulness um, while also being intentional and just kind of using those other skills of like grounding and um, you know stuff like that. I'm, I mean, for me, I'm able to kind of do it in my head, mm-hmm. but I mean, for like clients, uh, not all of them can just do it in their head. So I'll have them do like utilize touch to like ground themselves like actually have them physically replant their feet mm-hmm. to kind of um get in the habit of you know collecting their self mm-hmm. calming down um their nervous system mm-hmm. and um you know just bringing them back into the present yeah okay. yeah i definitely think the mindfulness piece um especially the way that you're describing it is huge because a lot of people think of mindfulness as just like the mind, the meditation piece where a lot of what you're describing is just really engaging the rest of your senses in a way that's like intentional and um, say like intentional and then um, we'll say intentional and um with non-judgment because I think that's the other really hard piece sometimes like reconnecting with your senses and being like oh you know I've actually been like feeling this feeling in my stomach forever and I never realized that this was related to this Mm -hmm. you know and there can be like a lot of judgment or even like the act of visualizing and connecting with your body can bring up a lot of judgment at times yeah no and I think that's a really good point um because yeah like when I'm going through that experience or even being in that detached place before I've kind of put it all together I would sometimes be like why is my like experience of my environment right now like so weird like Mm -hmm. um you know like I feel numb or Mm -hmm. stuff like that and so um, and that's a big part because it's like you have to be that non-judgmental like observer mm-hmm. of your thoughts and your experience mm-hmm. and even like emotionally your emotional experience even if it's not happening because you're detached or dissociating. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I've had moments, um, even this week, where I had to kind of shut down some of the activity of, like, my, mostly, like, I feel like this is going to be very, very clinical, but literally, like, the inner workings of my survival, like, mode brain, where it's, like, every anxious thought is, like, something that I have to pay attention to right then and there, and it's, like, no, we don't have to pay attention to that. Like, we're good. We don't, that's not, we can focus on that a little bit later or we've already addressed that and kind of um, practicing, like, taking my own advice and practicing non-judgment when I have those moments Mm -hmm. so that I don't, like, unpack and stay there. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pause. So... Something else that I can ask. So typically at the beginning of the podcast, I will ask some like check-in questions. I don't know if I wrote them down here. That would be amazing if I did. Oh, I did. Okay. Um, so what are, so you have, so you have two options. Um, you can share what were some of your human moments, kind of like moments that you had to kind of practice and not in judgment and compassion towards or you can talk about three things that went right with your week and how you um maybe decided to show up for yourself today um i'll do the first one i guess um so this week we i definitely had some human moments with my emotions i think part of why i developed this weird detaching like skill um was because uh I'm very anxious I have generalized anxiety disorder so I I would say my main operating system and most of my automatic thoughts are anxiety related so um it is easy for me to kind of get worked up and hung up on things so um that definitely happened a lot this week um you know like holidays are approaching um uh work things have slowed down a bit so like financially there's been things coming up my husband and I have been talking a lot about budgeting because we have like Mm -hmm. projects we want to do around our house Mm -hmm. and um just we have some debt too that we want to pay off so we're just like you know having those kind of icky conversations that Mm -hmm. no one wants to talk about and um and sometimes, you know, it can get a little stressful or you maybe you even panic or it were just frustrating. Cause it's like, oh, I want to go do this mm-hmm. where normally I would just be like, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. go do that thing. Let me yeah. buy it and whatever. But it's like because we have these financial goals, you have to think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely that and just kind of noticing when I was getting like caught up in that kind of financial stress because mm-hmm. it's not something that we actually need to stress about there is mm-hmm. no problem it's just we're trying to be more goal oriented and yeah. intentional with our money yeah. um so it's like something that it doesn't have to be stressful but we're getting wrapped up in it and it's becoming stressful mm-hmm. so um and, like, that's more for my husband because he stresses about those things. So um, I feel like I pick up on his anxiety about it sometimes. So I had to catch myself and just kind of reel it back in and just, you know, remind myself that, like, there's not a problem. We're just trying to, you know, focus on our goals. Um, also, 
Um, I have ADHD, so uh, things with executive functioning, like mm -hmm. getting ready, mm -hmm. thinking of enough time to do things, mm -hmm. um, things not going as planned, mm -hmm. stuff like that can be very frustrating and, um, you know, uh, so I definitely had to have some self-compassion for myself and instead of, you know, getting frustrated with myself, you know, I just kind of remind myself that like, you know, this is from, you know, my condition, mm -hmm. you know, we know that this is a factor, yeah. you know, and I do what I can to better manage or if it is a situation where I can improve better next time, you know, I'll be like, maybe set a time or do other things or set an alarm or whatever to make sure that we're, you know, getting out the door on time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you for sharing those human moments with us. No problem. Yeah. I love reflecting on things like that just to reiterate this idea that, you know, you can be a therapist, a doctor, uh, like just a professional in general and that doesn't make your humanity like any less important you know like we all have maybe not the same struggles but we definitely all struggle in some form and the ways that we continue to like practice compassion for like those moments and you know like get through them kind of make things Sometimes worthwhile, sometimes really frustrating. Sometimes a combination of both. Yeah. So, um, well, Kaylee, I just want to thank you again for coming on today and having this conversation with me about dissociation and just ways to practice self-care and to kind of honor the humanity within yourself. And this is our time together for today. Until the next time, be kind and be well. If you enjoyed listening to the Rachel Dis Therapy podcast, be sure to leave a review. You can connect with me on Instagram at Rachel Dis Therapy. The podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.